Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey there, After Buzzers. You are tuned into the Legion After Show. We are talking about Legion Season 3, the final season, Episode 2, Chapter 21. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Legion After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. I'm your host, Elena Jordan. Very excited to be talking about Legion Season 3, Episode 2, Chapter 21. We're going to be talking about the plan to kidnap Carrie to flip the switch, amp up some powers. Clark going full-on flying squirrel situation. (laughs) Yowza. A super intense tea party and finding out after a very highly anticipated confrontation with Sid that it's not always blue. Sometimes things go red. Very excited, too, because here with two awesome people, of course, Jeff Williams in the house. Yes, thanks for having me. Always love Legion episode two. We're out here. Let's go. <laughs> and I love your shirt. Appreciate it. You got a rep. You know, Spider Man's coming out this week, so I had to rep it. <laughs> And one of our favorite people ever, Zach Wilson. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Of course. Christian and I are becoming interchangeable as people. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what they keep telling us on Marvel Movie News. So I figured, eh, he's out of town. I'll step in. I thought if he was Christian Chris- Platt could... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I thought he was Christian too. You just said that now. There you go. He's the stand-in. We like to just... It's, <laughs> just switch. Switch him out. You're the stunt double. For Christian Platt, who unfortunately could not be here. Alexa Cappiello, also not here with us this week, but hopefully we'll have the whole squad in next week. In the meantime, very excited to have Zach Wilson here. Yeah, let's talk about some Legion and figure out why I've lost my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So, why don't you get your overall thoughts on this episode? uh, I thought this was a good episode. This is a fun one. Um, It made sense which is not always like something you, in a good way it's, but it's not always something you can rely on legion doing but i'm tracking it i think there's a lot of great stuff about i love the i love the scene between david and sid um their relationship dynamic has been like a focal point for the show it's been or a, bit, a through line at least through yes. for the show and so I, i'm glad that we're checking in with that and seeing how those two characters are going I can't decide if it's feeding into some of my crazy conspiracy theories that I'll share with you guys later. But it it definitely is progressing and moving forward uh, as we go backwards through time. I love so. your conspiracy theories, too. And be sure to stick around for the whole episode because not only will we be giving our predictions, we also got a little news and gossip for you guys and our own special segment, Is This the Real Life? Is This Reality? Where we kind of dissect what is in David's head versus what is not in some of our conspiracies. Uh, Jeff, what did you think of the show? I thought it was it was very straightforward this time. I was tell, I was talking to producer Rai Rai, producer Ryan in there. <laughs> And he, he, yeah, he, oh my god. He asked us, he was like, So what about the show? I was like, I actually understood the whole thing. 
And like last episode, like we talked about the first 20 minutes, I sat there, started to write stuff, and I was like, I don't know if this is the right show because there is no characters. No, but this time it was it was very straightforward. It was a lot of action, which I liked. There was a lot of different stuff going on, and it was just a good episode. And yeah, there's a lot to get into, so... Let's do it. I think you brought up a really good point, too, like kind of how last episode kicked off this season and how it is thematically and stylistically very different from the first two seasons, which I think is a really good move. I was kind of nervous a little bit after season two finale where I was like, oh, David's a rapist, so, huh, how are we going to still look at things through his eyes? Yeah! Yeah. But this season, I thought it was great introducing it and seeing everything through Switch's eyes, through Jai's eyes, and I thought that that was really well done, this episode in particular, kind of kicking us off with their relationship um, and seeing that she is following him and she has been following him. I really liked that their whole introduction, the first episode, he stresses that he had the monster for 33 years and it's like that Jesus allegory where, you know, he died at 33 and then this kind of almost antichrist illusion that they have going on and then kind of her as his misguided follower. I I just really like seeing everything through her eyes and seeing kind of how she's a little bit broken and how she would be kind of likely to get sucked into this David cult. What did you guys think about their dynamic and how they fleshed it out this episode kind of going in from last episode? The switch? Switch, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, wait. Jai's switch, do, yeah. You gotta drive all... There's so many names. There's already I'll a lot going switch. on, Legion. Squirrel called her switch. Squirrel got kicked out of a plane. We'll talk about that later. We'll honor Squirrel. She's switched. My man Squirrel just getting disrespected left oh, and right. Wig snatched, literally. Jeez, God. Okay, anyway, that's a later topic, but... Yeah, so... But, like, between Switch and David, at first, I feel like she's com- she's allowing him to... Or being part of this because he's opening up to her. And she doesn't really have anybody else. Obviously, her dad is elsewhere in a robot or whatever. So with him confiding in her, him telling her the truth or what she thinks is the truth is making her more comfortable, being willing to show her, show David her powers and everything, and being willing to learn from him and just help them out in general because it's kind of dangerous. There's people going after her. I mean, she knows people are trying to kill them. And for him or for her to still be sticking around, she has to at least have some kind of good feeling about it. Well, I think it, it comes down to uh, Sid said it perfectly. It's 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 teenage girls with daddy issues. For for Switch, this is the first time somebody has looked at her and looked at her powers and not said this is something you need to. Uh, I, like just I'm gathering from the tapes and everything. Not this is something you need to be careful with. This is something that is dangerous. You're dangerous because you have this. Uh, he looked at her and said, "You're amazing. You're powerful." I want to make you even better than you are now. And that's probably, like, he valued her. He immediately valued her upon meeting her. And, yes, from a from an audience perspective, you can see that he's sort of valuing her in terms of her usefulness to him. But for her, that's still being valued. And that's something that she hasn't 
felt before, and that's a very seductive thing to do to especially a young person. And that's something that we see with cult leaders a lot. So, you know, it's this David is a textbook malignant narcissist. Like, he's doing the the upfront love bombing, like, this is, you're so great. And I think she feels that connection, too, because we see with the tapes that you brought up, um, we see, you know, chapter 20, this one, that's consequences, and that's really highlighted. But last episode, chapter 13 and 14, which is, you know, the importance of choosing your moment and that, you know, present is a feeling and everything and kind of making us cognizant of she's always kind of questioning where she is in the world and that there is a physical monster in this timeline, this time forest that is out to get her that she can (laughs) feel that relate, you know, to her, Farouk is the bad guy because he's the monster in the closet. He's David's monster. Like so, it'll be really interesting to see who, who or what her demon is that's hiding in the time stream. Is is it like Farouk's brother? I was wondering that because when I saw last week's episode, I thought it was Farouk at first because he he grabbed her from the from the time hallway, and I guess it's not because you still see the demons in there. He just like grabbed her and was able to take her. I guess during yeah, while she the was astral plane. Yeah, so. I'm interested to see who they're, who's going to be her demon. Well, it's interesting because Farouk also dropped in the in the premiere that he was 2,000 years old. That hadn't been previously established, right? Did it I- said that he was very, very old and that he had gone from kind of being to being for years. And okay, I of- had some. I had apparently missed yeah. the like, or at least the length of it. He, when he said he was very, very old, I thought like a hundred or a hundred and fifty. I didn't. Two thousand was. A major shift from what I thought yeah. of that. I thought that character was. I'm not sure if they have expressly said the time until now. That's a good point. Yeah. Too. What's the spectrum on very old? Like 150 to <laughs> 2000. What is the? How do you just describe? How old are you? I'm very old. All right, nice. <laughs> how old are you? I'm Mel Brooks old. I'm a 2000 year old man. But I thought it was kind of interesting too because, like a narcissist, and he is saying, you know, I want to make you the best you can be. But the phrasing is, I want to fix you, which is kind of a big thing. Is he's like, I want to fix you. I want to fix your powers. I can't be brought into these powers, so therefore they're broken. Is how he sees it. It's how everything relates back to him. And so it's going to be interesting to see if she ever really kind of catches on to that, if that's going to be something that is ultimately the undoing for her. Um, well, or... it's, a, it's an interesting point for David that the idea, it's one of those things that you you, you call it uh, like narcissism, which narcissism is the idea that you believe everything about the world revolves around you. But the fact is, for David, it has it has revolved around him. Everything has been about him to this point. People have hunted, have searched for him. Some like a monster latched onto him and destro- and destroyed his life. Now there's a group of people who are hunting him. So he has been at the center of this. Like the whole conspiracy last year ended up being around him. True, but it also was around Sid and, you know, Sid's whole moment where it's like, you are not the hero, I am, and then that whole thing getting thwarted by Linny kind of stepping in. So we see all of these other different heroes and anti-heroes and kind of his fixated viewpoint. And then this point, we're seeing some serious, like, kill-grave behavior. Like, he's going full-fledged, like, gaslighting 
to the max, like where yeah. they're not pulling any punches, where they're like, this is representing gaslighting because he literally is using a gas to manipulate and light to manipulate these people. I don't even I don't even know if you can call it gaslighting because gaslighting implies that you like manipulated. This is just you drugged them. In. Yeah, but I mean, this is clearly an illusion for narcissistic behavior where that's one of the big things is gaslighting and it's like this metaphor was not subtle. It's like a physical. Straight in your face. Yeah, it's like it was as in your face as the gas was. It's like, come on, man. Um, but we see, you know, he drugs Lenny and we see this moment where, you know, she's upset because he, she's being sent away and he tells her to just go get something to eat and smile. That and was we, the turning point for me because yep. I could justify, I like just based on everything else going, even Carrie and what he does to Carrie, I could like, there's a justification for again, because he's being hunted and he tried to just go off on his own. And these people are like, he watched them murder him. So to manipulate one of their agents to be on his side, I can let that like we're in a, we're in like a war zone. Like it's one of those I can you can bend some morality rules in that way. But what he did to Lenny was like, oh no, he slipped far. That's real bad. If you're manipulating your own people when all it is is like I don't want to go back inside. And that creepy smile that was just like full fledged, like when Jessica Jones smiles, and you're like, ah, you're made to do that. It's so gross, and it's like and such. Oh, good. No, I was gonna say, and what you're starting to see with Lenny is like you're starting to see a little bit of jealousy as well, or maybe like she's like making sure you know what her territory is. Like, look, you come to me first, and then I go to to David. Like. There's there's the an order yeah there's a hierarchy to this. Well, like she says, so, she's the major domo, where she's like, look, I've been around like this whole time. Like you're, I you got some powers, but like don't think that you're gonna come in and usurp me because ultimately, you know, I need my place too. Well, let me ask you this: Is that the position that she has given herself, or did David give her that position? I feel like it's kind of a mixture of both because we had that whole thing last season with Melanie talking about like how Sid basically would never be able to fill that place because it was this faded thing of, you know, the breakfast queen being seated as his right hand kind of. So I feel like to her it's also she's been told that that is her role and to have that taken away from her is something that she wouldn't be able to stand because it's all she's been given at this point. She's had the rest of her identity stripped away from this man so this is all she has left see i kind of thought it was like more or less well kind of kind of to the same but i thought she was more this is what i'm doing this is the role i'm filling and if you guys have a problem with it then deal with it because we already know david confides in her and trusts her so if she if she tells david hey i'm gonna be your your point person he's just gonna be more or less okay with it and I i think it's definitely her leading that or making that choice yeah and, I mean, don't forget, Lenny's been through some stuff, like a literal wall. Yeah. <laughs> she transformed, like, from David's sister and just hijacked her body. Like, <laughs> Lenny's not had an easy ride of things. It wasn't like she was just chilling in her, in her apartment. And David's like, do you want to come for this ride? It's like... And it's not like she was mentally stable to begin with. Yeah. She was like, they were bros when they were getting baked in the mental hospital. It's like, yeah, guys, it's... Oh. But, I, I mean, that moment I thought was when it's like, okay, we've mm-hmm. seen last season where this was a whole big thing where it was like he drugged Sid and had sex with her against her will. And then now he's making Lenny smile against her will. And we see how he's kind of emotionally manipulating uh, Switch, which I thought was interesting, too, because we see the whole thing 
later with Farouk talking to Sid about how, like, the emotional versus the physical and how the emotional is, like, a much deeper cut. And we see that he is a juxtaposed, like, perfect foil of that with how he's treating Switch. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of playing into that. And then ultimately, too, with Carrie as the big Switch if yeah, I, I guess the thing I'm the thing with David that's really interesting is do you guys see him as uh, a child in a lot of ways? I think in some ways, but I think mostly he just represents and I hate to be like, I'm the only woman on the panel, so I'm gonna talk <laughs> about woman things, but boom, I'm the only one on the panel. I'm gonna talk about woman things. So uh, I feel like he represents kind of this patriarchal figure that has undermined women and has manipulated and abused women and kind of the a figure that just represents this whole overarching ideal that is this idea that, no, I'm the hero because the world has always told me that I am the hero because I am the straight cisgendered white man and that is what I am and this is what the hero is. Look at all of these heroes. Yeah. You know, even in our own Marvel comics, like, this is, like, I am the stereotype, so how dare you say that I'm crazy and that I need help? Even though they're not really saying you're crazy, they're saying you have some chemical imbalances that need to be adjusted. We don't want to kill you, but we also don't want the world to end. So maybe calm down, future terrorist, and, like, rein it in a bit. I guess when I say when I say kid, I don't mean like he's like a two year old. But I think that that is that is true. But I think the the, the closer analogy is to so, uh, like like a fourteen year old who's doing all that stuff, and that doesn't excuse the behavior by any means. But it's that thing of like, he never grew up, really. When, and so when he's betrayed, he acts like a crazed child who's never been taught how to properly behave. And it's about, like, how everybody else, like, you messed up this kid. you got to fix this kid. He's still responsible for his own actions. But I think it's interesting to watch him have to react the, from losing Farouk from his brain and then having this reset to, to his character where the world is a completely different color space for him. Yeah. Everything changed from that moment. It was, to him, it was being born anew, being like, let out of the, like imagine a teenager who doesn't, who has not been properly taught how to live in the world. And that's what it was, the, the, the end of last season was for me, watching him. It was they when they took him out and then immediately locked him in a cage, it was, you're free now, but stay in this box. And he reacted negatively instead of, it was the, it was a negative reinforcement. And, and he reacted poorly to it, like a child would. Yeah, but to me it was like, okay, you drugged and raped your girlfriend, so you're doing some pretty messed up and stuff, man. You and need to be contained. And that's clearly the story that they're telling with him. <laughs> and that's the thing, I think that that's the analogy that they're making. I think they muddied it a little bit. That was my take on the end of season two. Is like, I see where the story is, and I see where he's going. I think they muddied the analogy a little bit with some of, maybe the perspective, maybe they needed a few extra things. But the analogy's there. No, no I like the that. analogy. I mean, as long as they weren't trying to still push him as a hero, and I think at this point that's definitely not the point. Oh no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's not. But I mean that the the locking him in a cage, like you have this field of characters that were good, suddenly being negative. I, the justification for that shift was was so fast from like from Carrie and Carrie's perspective, and everyone turning on a dime. And le- the one that the part of that I think like really throws me about it 
and why I have like all these weird conspiracy theories is Farouk's part of it. Farouk being part of it because he was the villain for two years, and that doesn't mean that he's that him being the villain makes David not the villain, but he his perspective turned on a dime. But a lot of that, I think, was showing the emotional manipulation that he encountered as well, like using Melanie as a vessel to then show Sid and have her kind of have that that switch, which actually brings us into Sid's big confrontation. However, before we get into that, I know that there's some awesome things that AfterBuzz yeah. is bringing to everybody as well. Yeah, we just want to um, we just want to thank you guys for making us the ESPN of TV talk. You guys have always been commenting and continue to comment, continue to watch this video on YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. If you guys are listening on iTunes, give us that five stars and just continue to comment and just talk with us. Talk about the show so we can talk with you guys because that's what we love to do, talk about the show. And After Buzz is... He's done so much for me. I've been able to talk about Legion. I've been able to talk about all the different other superhero shows out here. And it's just been a great time. So I just want to say thank you guys. Thank you guys for allowing me to be here. And thank After Buzz. Yeah. Ah. Ding. And especially we want to know your feelings on this one. Because this is the big confrontation that has been kind of hinted all of the last episode after we see Sid shooting David repeatedly <laughs> and murdering him after again murdering him or attempting to in the finale. So we see this kind of one-on-one talk where she takes a piece of the disappeared house and uses it to kind of summon him, which smart on Sid, man. I just I I, I like this girl. I like everything that she's about. Did she summon him? She or, she just kind of let it be known where she is, where she's yeah. like, where it could kind of go through like the dampeners, where it's like, a, hey, here's like a pinpoint where like I'm reaching out to you, like we'll see if he reaches back out, and so he sends his astral projection. She like put up a sign that was like, lines are open. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What what was it? Because I thought it was a I thought it was like a tooth. I could, for some reason, as weird it as that like, sounds, kind of like a I red, thought, like it, it was something funky. Maybe I was just so thrown off. I thought it was a tooth. Leave us in, in the comments. Tell us what you guys thought it was. Yeah, because I could just be throw, totally off. Was but, it a tooth? Exactly. Was it a house? If nope. it was a tooth, whose tooth was it? <laughs> what is real? What is um, fake? I, I think you were right. I think it was part of the the house, and that makes sense. That like that would connect them? Because it's where he was. Yeah, yeah. it's like his mental yeah. house that with the big, giant, creepy pig that he created because David's a weirdo. Um, but he's talking about this commune and she as Zach points out, is like, look dude, you're just running a cult with like these poor girls. And he's like, oh, are you jealous? Which is like, F you, man. Just like, F you. Just what so, I thought was interesting I is wanted he, to shoot him. he caught himself in it. Like, and that's the thing with this whole with the whole split personality thing that he's he's dealing with is that like he he said it and I don't know if that was one personality coming forward and then another being like no why'd you say that well he has that yeah we've seen the different which is also interesting because like we saw the last season we had like divad and then we had like div like DVD David but this is like David one David two and like Scottish David like they all just have like different. I, don't, I love how they, I love how they all have different accents, and yeah. one of them, one of them was straight up sounding like Patrick Stewart. 
I'm into it. I love it. Um, um, lo- but this the like this whole confrontation that we have where he keeps reiterating his like I'm a good person. I deserve love, which was his whole thing in his encapsulation stage. It's like this mantra. And since we're talking about these delusions and these delusions that can kill you, I feel like this is kind of the big thing is like, is this a delusion? Is it not? Like, what makes you a good person? Is it just saying it? You know, is it the intention there? Because he's saying, I want to go back and fix it. I want to go back in time. And her rationale is, look, dude, you would still be the man who had done this. Even if you go back, I just wouldn't know. Like, it's the difference between drugging me to when I'm unconscious to drugging me to when I'm not. You're still doing something that's well, not okay. It's effectively, as far as, like, what he did to Sid, it's effectively the same thing. Because that was, like, he erased her mind. And then, like, did then that, by, by taking away the memories that she had, that was removal of consent. Because she didn't have, he took away part of the information that she had to have to make the decision in that moment. That's what the end of last season was. Mm-hmm. And to do it on, he's just talking about doing it on a bigger scale. Um, it, it was interesting to hear him say, and I, I think this was partially him trying to convince himself, it's not about a girl. It's about saving the world. And I'm, I, do you guys think that was earnest, or was that him trying to convince himself and or another personality? I think he's trying to convince himself. Because he's, mm-hmm. he's using the, trying to save the world, trying to use all the love, and, and she's like, wake up. There is no love between us. There's no love between like you and the rest of the world. You're just crazy. You're doing. You're gonna destroy the world, and you're drugging women, and you're doing all this, all this crazy stuff. She's just trying to wake him up, and it's not working. Your anger, your entitlement, your misguidedness is what is putting up these these yeah. issues. And I love that quote when she's like, "Have you ever heard the quote that men are afraid that women will laugh at them, and women are afraid that men will kill them?" Because that's something that's reiterated a lot. And I love that this is just on the nose, nose point blank, where it's like, look, dude, you have a power that you were using that is not okay. And you're, you know, using this advantages, these different kind of gifts that you've been given to manipulate and hurt other people, specifically women. That's not okay. And he's not getting it. And she keeps saying, you, the mind reader, can't see past I, I, I. You can't see what I need because you're so narcissistic that you can't even try to see past that. Yeah. So do you think that she's going to try to use her love or next time they meet, you think she's going to like be nicer to him, try to use love to connect with him? Or is he going to like see through that? Because like, is she going to take Farouk's yeah. advice, where Farouk was basically saying you should emotionally pimp yourself out to him? Pretty much. I don't think him. he was saying emotionally. Well, first he was saying <laughs> physically, but then he was saying, I'll teach you how to lie. Like, if yeah. you're not going to do the physical, then the emotional works just as well. I mean, look, she yeah. works for a clandestine spy-type agency. It's the honeypot. It's a classic move. See, I Come th- on, Sid. But it's like, <laughs> she didn't sign up for that, man. Yeah. I thought well, that, didn't she? Not real. The but I mean, that's what Farouk is, is saying, like, where he's like, look, like, to save the world, and she's just like, gross. I'm sorry, I'm with you, Sid. Gross. Ugh, no, find another way to capture this dumb idiot. I just read the first time we met her was her, like, working undercover to break David out of a mental institution. She knows how to go undercover. She's good with that. Yeah, but she <laughs> that wasn't, like, a big fact. I didn't even trying think about to that. bang like, yeah. Clark to 
get to it, you know? She's using her brains, not her boobs, so... <laughs> she should use her brains... Uh, like, she should just, like, I'm gonna just use my brains. She brain. should use her brains and her boobs. Jeez! Definitely not. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. There's nothing wrong with using every asset at your disposal. That's smart. That's brains. <laughs> using everything is brains. No, but, like, she should just use her, her brains and just did the same thing but talking to him and try to convey that rather than going the love route that Farouk is. But we'll see. So Yeah, I'm interested to see because the plan, of course, was also thwarted D3's, Division 3's plan, which I love the forces of division versus the forces of multiplication. Is that that's what they're called? As set up last episode, is that it was the reaches? Is that David calls his group the forces of multiplication? So they're fighting the forces of division. So division three, um, their so plan. If you combine them, <laughs> quantum if, physics. If you use the photons and the electrons that convert. I'm sorry, but if you divide <laughs> and multiply, <laughs> that's how you break. That's how you wind up in like negative imaginary number territory and how you break the universe and dust the world so when the forces of multiplication fight the forces of division the world ends and and you literally get the capital I which is that it does not exist that that's I thought it was lowercase I in imaginary numbers I don't remember math guys I was gonna say I don't know what math class y'all talking about but I didn't make it to that one (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, so they're trying to find Lenny and capture Lenny. Yeah. So they're trying to use poor Squirrel and his make-you-want-to-jump-jump Clark confronting him in this airplane. What did you guys think of that? Did you guys think that they were just straight-up killing Squirrel? Like, when they just, like, went full-fledged flying Squirrel? Yeah. For a moment. I was like, they just gave up real quick on that one. I was like, my God. Like, that was a horrible interrogation. Like, oh, no answer? All right, bye. I thought so, too. I was like, is Division 3 evil now? They just pushed poor Squirrel out of a plane. I mean, here's the thing. Like, whether you consider how much of a villain you consider David at this point, that's, like, a debatable topic, but... they're villains to me like they have some good people working for them like Carrie and Carrie and I still like think Sid is a good person but the instant they started working with Farouk I'm like no your organization is bad now you again they there's there was they went from we captured the biggest bad guy to you know what let's work with him in Five minutes? Very, very quick switch. So I trust nothing in that organization. And they're also trusting future Sid, which is like, what do we know is real and what's not? And we've all seen that people can wear masks of other people and we don't know what is happening. So maybe don't listen to this apparition. So are they just rolling with... to make out. Are they just rolling with Farouk because he's a lesser (laughs) of two evils now? Because I agree. It was like, he's not a good guy. And if you're rolling with him, going with his plans, it's like... We're trusting him way too much, and I don't believe that... I believe that most of those people are under Farouk's control. Well, I feel like, unfortunately, too, they're just making dumb, dumb decisions. Dummy, dumb, dumb decisions. Because, ultimately, Squirrel and the whole parachute thing... Like, first of all, Carrie, pay attention. If you're, like, supposed to be dropping a parachute, like, what are you doing? Like... He Playing said, Tetris on your iPhone? Pay attention, man. He said parachute like ten times. Like, yeah. para- parachute. I'm like, oh, parachute. this is going to go badly. This is going to be a Deadpool <laughs> situation where it's like, yowza. <laughs> um, but then we see that ultimately Lenny was using this as a psych out. Gets Squirrel, takes him to her Mad Hatter tea party. 
which I'm so stoked that we finally got to see this because in all of the promo they showed like mm-hmm. this Aubrey Plaza Mad Hatter and I was like, show me more of this. We're, that was some next level weird. I, I can deal with like the giant pig. Well, I don't know which is weirder at this point. The giant pig like like mama birding drugs from its teats or the like weird Mad Hatter tea party that was just randomly prepped in the middle of the woods. Okay, I feel like Mad Hatter Tea Party way less weird than like giant gas tea. T- I'm, I'm gonna go with that thing. one as well. I don't know. Somehow it was on the it's on an even keel for me. Well, what did you guys think too about this whole time up all the past two seasons? We always see with the drugs and everything is that it's blue. It's always blue. That's a big recurring thing. Now this rage that he is felt because of Sid's rejection, it's now turned red and is making people freak the F out. And then now we're giving Squirrel this red liquid. What do you guys think that this is indicative of? I mean, the drugs are the drugs are like a distilled thing from David, right? Yeah. So that's a so the drug so it's just channeling whatever he's feeling at the time. Uh, which is a really dangerous thing to have with somebody who has psychosis issues. Exactly, especially with with the turning angry now. I don't, we still don't know what his actual plan is. So I don't know how that's going to really affect like what the followers are going to do because they're angry now. They they used to be all happy and peaceful and drugged out, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to change them. Yeah, it's um, they're yeah. kind of terrifying now. It's like a weird like. It went, zombie monster scenario. It went from like hippie jam band music and stuff, like seventies commune, which is like the only reason I'm wearing this weird sweater that looks like I like. I tried to go a little seventies too. Yeah, he has a blue on, so he had the blue, not the red, not the red. Smoke. Yeah, I'm feeling good today, guys. <laughs> yeah, you're into it. Uh, yeah, this like whatever. Uh, I don't even know. How, I don't even know what to call this thing. It looks like I made it out of. Hemp. It's a poncho, man. Is it a poncho? Yeah, it's a whatever poncho. Whatever it is, it looks comfy. All right. <laughs> I did enough hippies in my day to know that's a poncho, bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, um, but it it went from hippie jam band to like metal show mm-hmm. from fish to corn like, real quick yeah i thought that's <laughs> much more compact analogy yeah I, th- I was expecting them to start moshing in that room when it went red and they basically did i mean it was pretty intense i feel like that's almost too like this whole when they we keep seeing this narcissistic analogy is we see a lot of empaths that are drawn to narcissists and then they start feeling all of these negative emotions when all of these kind of cycles go through I feel like this is almost like a heightened version of that. And then we see Carrie ultimately get kidnapped and brought in to try to use, basically using his techniques to create an amplifier for Switch's powers so that David can be brought into this force field. Um, What did you guys think about having Carrie full-fledged brainwashed at this point. See, at once I, once we saw that he's brainwashed, I'm like, what's what is he not going to do? Because he said he wasn't going to kill him and stuff, but like is that believable now? Because he's brainwashing even his closest friend's Lenny. So he there's really like if he's motivated to kill her or kill him for some small reason, he might justify it in his own head. So I don't know where where he's at mentally that like he, there's literally nothing he won't do. And that's what I got from that scene. Because that was one of his closest friends. He's like, nope, I'm, 
I'm uh, changing your mind or whatever. And that's it's going to be interesting. But it's, again, his friend who tried to lock him away against his will. So I think he sees a justification for the behavior there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't think he wants to hurt these people. He's just he's he's looking for a way to fix the things that he's done wrong and protect the world at the same time. His methods may not be very good, and uh, but I think he's also his seeing math it. methods? Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, but I think in his mind, he's like, if we, I can, I'll do this to you now, but once we succeed, it's all going to go away anyway. Well, if, the, if his idea is to go back in time and prevent all of this from happening then they won't have experienced any of this. He'll they'll, they'll be back to their lives as they should have been. He sees it almost like a video game where it's like you're these the whole consequences thing that we see reiterated on Switch's tape is that there are consequences for your actions and there are consequences of time travel. David is trying to whip, wipe away all of those consequences, which goes directly against Rule 13, which is that the present is the future is the past is yeah. that this is all one who you are in one moment it's like the same thing it's like look if you are you know kind of a bummer person at home and you go on vacation to the Bahamas you're going to just be a bummer person in the Bahamas you're not going to change who you are entirely are like you-, you might have like a, a happier time but like you know the person that you are is going to be the same no matter Kind of your your. What are you quoting? It's it's a travel agency who actually said that. Who was like, "Don't get mad at us if you're like a bummer person at home and you go on vacation. And you're still a bummer." Okay, I thought uh, it was I thought, it was, I thought awesome. it was a movie or a TV show, but I've definitely yeah I've heard that. Before. Yeah, um, but I mean, I I feel like with this whole thing is it's like, dude, you're manipulating your friend and Carrie with his whole weird like getting in his head and this whole Carrie Carrie dance. And then David taking over and then saying, no, I lead. And he's leading now Carrie's right. whole personality. It's it's very unsettling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like, I, I thought that was a really cool way to visualize the idea of taking over somebody's mind. Like, you could do it easily without any of that, where it just, you see the, the, the shift in that person. Like, their eyes go glazed, their eyes get glazed over, and all of a sudden... It's it's the, you're doing Avengers the the first one with the with the scepter, but to go into his headspace and the dance is a perfect analogy the the idea of who's who's leading the dance of what's going on in your brain. Carrie had some awesome like dance moments too, where he's like behind the woman who was bringing the tray so oh, yeah, that, that was, he could like manipulate and get out. This was just a very well choreographed episode. I really, really liked it. That was so weird when he's <laughs> shadowing her. Was, and he, oh, no, I was gonna say I, when I watched, it, I was like, "This is great," but like, how is it this easy for him to just get out? And then he just walks right into David's cave or whatever. So I was like, "There's no way he's just gonna just walk out of this place." Waltz right out, literally. Any any kind of final thoughts on the episode before we dive into our special segment here? Well, I, I'm gonna save that because we were just talking about it, but I have some for predictions. So oh, I'm okay. Just... Um, I thought this was a really really good episode. I think it's very interesting the way that we're going down this. Like it's sort of rabbit a pre- hole. Say rabbit hole. 
I'm sorry, I got no. really excited about the, uh, <laughs> the, other word the Wonderland illusion. Uh, we're following David's story, and to see him deal with whether he like he's dealing with the question of whether he's the villain or not while we as the audience are still quest- are questioning that same thing because he's been the hero of our story to this point and so you want to root for him because like for me I want to see him get better I want to see this person be healthier than he is right now because I've watched him for this many seasons but he keeps doing bad stuff so it becomes it gets deeper and deeper down that rabbit hole of being closer, or, or he's he's on that board where he's pushing past anti-hero and moving into villainy. Yeah, yeah I'm I on, just want to see justice. I'm on the same same <laughs> mind space as that because like I'm I'm optimistic, hoping there's going to be a turn. I just don't know what's that. What's going to be the determining factor? What's going to change him? Because at first I thought it was going to be Sid. It doesn't really look like Sid's going to at the at the moment. Sid's not really changing his mind. He might just play the love card and everything, but it's not really changing what he wants to do. So I'm really interested to see who's going to be that changing factor in his life. Or if it even comes to fruition at all. But (laughs) we also have the added element in this show of kind of having this breakdown of what's real and what's fake. Which brings us to our special segment where we kind of analyze what is real and what is not that we aptly title, Is This the Real Life? Is this just fantasy? Ha ha! <laughs> uh, what do you guys think? What was your favorite moment where reality you think broke and we saw David's version of reality? I don't think the Mad Hatter tea party was there. Um, I think that was like a weird fabrication that was projected into everybody's mind once they got there. It was like there to screw with Squirrel and try to find out what he might have told them and then to like draw... I don't know. I'm curious if Lenny knew that it was real or not. I don't think she did. I think she thought it was real, but it wasn't really happening. So in other words, you think Squirrel's nuts? (laughs) I actually don't... (laughs) I actually don't think Squirrel's nuts because I think he was just forced to see something that he didn't want to. He's perfectly sane. He's just addicted to vapor. Legit. Legit. <laughs> so for, for my scene, I had to do the, the two carries dancing. I, when I was watching, I was like, all right, I'm kind of confused. Is like, Do they have a connection where she can, she can just come in and talk to him? And then when you see David, I was like, okay, that's just in David's head. But that was, that was my confusing moment. Is this reality or is this fantasy? And then you kind of see... It's fantasy. David's making it up, but that was that was one of my moments because I I know they have a connect. Obviously, they have a connection, and I just thought maybe it was it was stronger. And they're showing new things in this episode, but then obviously it was just David controlling his mind and, and then eventually taking it over. I yeah, I thought that was a really really cool scene. Mine, I think, was less of a David reality switch, and it was Farouk when he was singing O Tannenbaum, and everything was black mm-hmm. and white. And then having Sid kind of snap him back into reality and seeing the color and everything pop up is kind of a reference to and kind of an illusion of don't forget a nice reminder that Farouk has the ability to kind of switch these ideas and kind of implant ideas in your head too. And he even goes in in that scene where he's kind of talking about like the the false realities when she's saying that David thinks that he's the villain at this point. And he's saying, you know, David can implant his own version. Basically, we all see the world through our own filters. So 
he's not going to change. If he thinks that his reality is fixed and the rest of the world is going around him. I thought that was kind of ironic that it was Farouk saying that. So Yeah, we can't trust him. That's like, <laughs> it's like, what? Can you give us all the answers and we're just going to trust you even though we hated you the last two seasons, but it's fine. We, we totally understand. It's like, no, that just, it doesn't work like that. Like, you switched from, like, yeah, yeah, maybe, like, David messed some stuff up, but you switched to, like, siding with his abuser in the, well, you did it. So you're not on the good side either. I will say, though, the makers of this show are very trustworthy, and we can trust them to continue to bring us awesome content. There was actually a little bit of news this week as well. Uh, where Noah um, was actually talking about, um, the, the showrunner was talking about the show uh, in a New York Times article um, and kind of talking about how uh, Noah Hawley wanted to let everybody know that this final season, especially after kind of the flack that they got last season for how the, the rape thing was portrayed, um, was that he said this pivoted away from a more traditional male narrative after David did something that we can't morally tolerate. Uh, then he stressed the responsibility of the superhero media and kind of pop culture in general to address teen boys directly in the way that men use power to, on a human level, do evil to women. And that he was trying to use this show as kind of an allegory for that. And I think that's pretty freaking awesome so yeah noah holly snaps to you the news is that you rock and we like you um but before we get out of here let's get some predictions from you guys too and now you're after buzz tv do you want to go first all right i'm gonna drop break it down i'm gonna drop the big theory on you guys because i'm only here filling in so i gotta throw out my big my (laughs) throw in the big stuff (laughs) (laughs) i feel like you're like after the news let me very carefully say what i'm trying to say look i drop double entendres like i drop sweat i don't know like we're not gonna hashtag you zach you're fine oh i just mean like i speak in double entendres like a language so it's gonna happen by accident or on purpose regardless no uh my my crazy theory on the, with this show, and I think this episode, this episode is sort of giving me more and more evidence towards it, is that I don't. I think the majority, if not all, of the characters, save Farouk, are somehow split personalities living inside David's head. And I don't know how they're going to piece all that together. I don't have all the answers, but I think the carries, uh, uh, the carries switch. Uh, 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 potentially even Sid, if you get down to it, could all be different facets of David. I'm basing this on partially on comic book lore that they have not explored yet, but the idea that they're all of their different powers are just something that David could manifest and utilize, and that's because they're all a part of him. I think you're right. I think it's very much like a Crazy Jane type scenario. And so it becomes this. It, once that becomes this, the 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 story, it's even crazier of a narrative because of how it, it becomes a story about like self harm at yeah. the end of the day, which is tragic in a crazy way that only this show could ever pull off. I feel like if that's the storyline, they're gonna pull a Game of Thrones and put too much into like a couple episodes because there's that's so much to unpack. In like know. this show is so I dense, I feel like they could do it. Yeah. I mean, you have what eight episodes left to figure it out. Yeah, 
And it was the best pilot I think I've ever seen on TV. So I feel like they're going to have a finale that's going to yeah. be just as good. Especially Very since they're ending on their own terms. They're not getting canceled. Very they're true. choosing to end after yeah. the season. Which makes me think that it's set up three seasons as like a three-act play. And so this is going to be where we get the climax and the denouement like probably within the next four episodes or mm-hmm. so. Definitely. Yeah, so I got to throw my prediction out there real quick. I saw a little... Um, little territory being taken with um with Lenny earlier early in the show talking to Switch so I can kind of see Switch maybe causing a division between Lenny and David and I see that might I don't know I don't know if it's going to happen but maybe once Lenny realizes that she's being taken advantage of mentally she might be the one to turn on David and I can Ooh. see not only Switch causing a division but also David using his powers as another factor into that and then she might turn on David I hope that that does happen. I hope she switches it up. I'm into it. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. We got a little teaser that uh, we're going to see some of David's parents next oh, week. Yeah. So I think we might see an existential crisis going down with some Professor oh, X. Yeah. And who's his mom going to be in this cannon? <laughs> Is it going to be Gabrielle? Is it going to be? I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. But until then, where can everybody find you guys? Uh, I'm Zach Wilson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatZachWilson. If you love Marvel stuff, be sure to check out Marvel Movie News, which is over on the Popcorn Talk Network. And if you like character shipping, and you like two characters from different universes that might hook up together, check out my other podcast, Ships in the Night, where that's literally all we do. What if John's to hook up with Elsa? You can listen on our show and find out. <laughs> Lots of snow. And if you like other superhero <laughs> shows, I'm on the uh, the Swamp Things TV show, and we are doing um, we have what is it? I'm doing all that on Sundays. I'm doing Euphoria on Sundays. So hey, just catch me on After Buzz. And if you guys can find me at Jeff Will underscore Junior. I'm Elena Jordan. You guys can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan and on Instagram at Elena J Jordan. And you can catch us here next week on After Buzz TV. See you guys then. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 